We're here with Sonia Manzur. Hello. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Atlas. Thanks for coming on the program. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited for this. Likewise. Yeah. We're still at Bentinho Massaro's shift into permanent alignment retreat in Costa Rica. Been getting the opportunity to meet epic people. I'm really excited for you guys to hear about Sonia's journey and what she's currently doing to catalyze awakening and alignment. All right, Sonia, let's start with your spiritual journey. How did you pick up spirituality? Let's talk about that. Okay. So spirituality has always been a part of my life, my context. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> Hello, Riley. <laughs> Riley, who we're going to have on the show soon, is currently back. And yeah, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I love it. Yeah, Jordan popped in also to Corey's show. So it's so fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, all right. So yeah, so the spiritual journey. Let's do it. Okay, yeah. So spirituality has always been part of my container. Um, I was born to, into a Muslim family and then went to a Catholic school after that, that taught Advaita Vedanta meditation and other techniques. Yeah. And then as I grew older, I started dating a young man that was a Jehovah's Witness. And so I've always felt held by different communities and always had an inclination towards the spiritual paradigms that were here existing. But also like an unwillingness or a resistance towards committing myself or my identity to, to any of them. So I've stayed pretty open and pretty playful with all of it. Um, when I was 14, though, I did go through a moment where I was like, I don't know. I don't know about any of this, actually. Um, but then all this happened pre-14 no okay yeah so the timeline's a little off but okay. i was by by the time i was 14 i was at the school it's called saint james independent school in london and it was epic because it had space for so many different faiths and so many different paradigms and ways of believing or having faith yeah um and yeah 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 a lot of a lot of i think it was triggering for a lot of the girls and boys at the school, but I, I don't know, for some reason it felt great for me. And that's where obviously the, the, the concept of oneness was introduced there. Boom. Yeah. That's really young. That's great. Yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. Um, and that felt holifying in, a, in, a, in its own little way, you know, just being, having a teacher speak to you about the fact that everything is one, even though I wasn't necessarily, I couldn't conceive that as I was still a person in a material world. Um, but yeah, still felt it very strongly, um, felt the resonance with it. But then had this moment, whilst I was still at the school, um, when I was 14, where I disbelieved. I just went through a phase of just being like, I don't know, I don't, I don't believe in any of this. I'm not seeing the hard proof, you know? Um, I'm not really experientially feeling any of it. Mm -hmm. And so then what happened was I was on an escalator um, with a friend of mine and I, what feels like I received a download and I just turned to her and I, I, I said to her, have you heard about the collective conscious, <laughs> collective consciousness? Um, and she looked at me as if something strange was going on. And, but for me, it came through with conviction. Yeah. 
you know, it came through with conviction and it was beautiful that was happening on an escalator, which I mean, now I've reflected upon as a beautiful metaphor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, happening on an escalator. It's so cool. Yeah. But then I, I kind of, I didn't integrate that. It happened and it was beautiful and I felt extremely vast in this moment of escalation. Yeah. And, yes. and then, yeah, and then went back into my normal school day life and, um, and then met this young man um, and was shown the Jehovah's Witness community and they get a lot of um, bad press. But my experience in that um, was, was beautiful. I, I felt a lot of love. I felt the understanding for why the community is so tightly knit. I saw a lot of support. Um, and so there was a lot of beauty in faith. Um, not to say that there isn't necessarily a shadow side, I, I don't know. Um, but still, I didn't find myself committed to that, although I found it, as you use the word, nectarous, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, yesterday, but so I found it nectarous, something about it was nectarous, but then that relationship ended, and I continued, um, and went to Berlin, and then just started partying, and then I guess I found God in drugs. <laughs> so this is around 18, which moved to that, Now, I know, so in, I, w I moved to Berlin when I was in my very early 20s, okay. But for university, I studied pottery design, and at that point, I was just materialistic worldview. Did you say pottery? Product design. Oh, product design. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also interesting cool. because yeah, it's totally. invention. Yeah. 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 It's really good to have a tech and entrepreneurial addition to one's worldview along with spirituality. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I found myself in Berlin and was just really into losing myself and took all the party drugs and all the psychedelics and whatever was necessary for, for that moment and did feel expansion through that and did have epic realizations through that. And I'm extremely grateful for that process and for being taught by these substances and not just the substances, but also the people on the substances, you know, that was, that, that was an epic resonance. Totally. And heart opening, but Still, after that, I started to start. I started to feel a lot of anxiety, which was unexpected. I thought, okay, my identity is now here. I planted my identity firmly in the in the party scene, nightlife, um, and what I wanted was to just continue with that. But when I was in the line for clubs, I would feel anxiety, and I started to perceive a little bit more of what was going on. But I was so uncomfortable with it, so I was trying to contract myself more. Um, and stay in what I knew as my paradigm. Um, and so I'd go into the club and just mm. take whatever and try and relieve some of whatever was actually happening. Mm -hmm. um, until I got to the point where I just couldn't even stand in the line because whatever was happening was more than a party drug could fill mm -hmm. or could cure mm -hmm. or could mm -hmm. help me resist. And then the dark night happened and it felt like an, it, a come down from all of the partying that I'd done before. But in this dark night, I felt a lot of the expectations. I felt a lot of the falsehoods that I'd been carrying. I felt a lot of um, what I thought I was and what I was expected to be. I felt the weight of that. And I could also acknowledge that that, that was no longer resonating, but I didn't see a way out. Mm 
Um, and so it became really, really dark. And in that darkness, there was a portal into mysticism. Dope. I love this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I was also not prepared for. Um, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't at that point have a paradigm to hold that experience. But I was experiencing entities and... But of, of the same vibration that I was in and that were feeding off of fear. And so I was in a lot of resistance and I was in a lot of fear. And in my waking state, I could sense them, you know, not see them, but I could sense them. Mm -hmm. Or at least I was creating them. I can't be certain of what was happening, but it was mystical as can I swear? Of course. Fuck. It yeah. was mystical as fuck. Mystical as fuck. It was mystical as fuck. <laughs> and um, yeah, but then I was afraid. Um, and at some point in that depression or in that Br darkness. Briefly, it's important to also mention that once we gain enough awareness as the creator, we recognize that we actually create Ted that yeah, scenario the whole paradigm for, for us, awakening for ourselves yeah, yes. yeah. At, at that time sometimes it's really hard for us to because we're not yet at the stage of recognizing ourselves as the creator we think it's an external it's another if there's a sep there's a separation it's something else that yeah. is doing it but it's actually me doing it me the creator doing it to myself in this expression so that I can awaken to my true nature, pierce the veilless veil, yeah. find myself yeah, through so the hiding. I provided yes. myself with this catalyst. I love basically. that. What That's a beautiful what was... way to say it. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Um, we provide ourselves with the catalyst. Yeah. Boom. Mm -hmm. Love it. Okay. Yeah. So I found myself in this in this mystical space, and I would walk into bars or wherever, and. I felt like I could affect a room, but, uh, but I could, couldn't affect it positively. At that point, I, I wasn't. I couldn't feel my own light. I felt so heavy and so low vibe that when I walked in, I felt like I had that kind of an influence and I was seeing it happen, you know? I was see feeling and seeing the room darken as I was in, in the space. And then I was like, okay, I can't take myself into spaces um, because I'm having this kind of an impact, so I've got to isolate. And then in the isolation, what happened was what I then experienced as the most terrifying thing. Um, I developed a psychosis or I would say that it felt like schizophrenia. What I would say is schizophrenia. I don't know for sure, but I could hear entities now, not just sense them. I could hear them um, in my waking state. And when I would go to sleep, I started experiencing sleep paralysis, which is an equally terrifying state. Have you, you, have you explored sleep, sleep paralysis? Yeah. yeah. For sure terrifying. Yeah, for yeah. sure terrifying. Especially yeah. having no context, you know? And um, the beautiful thing about this is, is that earlier that year, one of my closest friends um, developed paranoid schizophrenia or went in deep into psychosis and he was put away for it. And I felt a lot of guilt for that. And I felt a lot of loss in that and a lot of grief and on some level created a mini version of what he had gone through for myself what now looking back on it arrival style you know <laughs> it feels mm -hmm. like 
yeah, that I needed his experience. And then I created the experience that I required in order to be able to connect to that kind of a catalyst. Perfect. Yeah. And it's a very specific kind of catalyst because it has to do in, with the world of, in the materialistic paradigm, with the world of mental health, you know? And so that is the context for it out there. Yes. But in here, it's actually a spiritual emergence. Yes. And it looks like a spiritual emergency. Great way to put you it. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's, well, that's what it felt like. It's interesting because in the East, it's very much excited. Yeah. It's like applauded. It's like expansion. Yeah. To what the West could sometimes call mentally unstable mm -hmm. and then put people into pharmaceuticals or into psychiatric wards. Yes. Yeah, it's, a, yes. it's a huge civilizational tweak that we must undistort. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because what was happening was I was becoming more perceptive. I had increased awareness. And I did not know how to translate my experiences. I did not know how to hold everything that I was now perceiving. And all I wanted to do was to contract my awareness again because that felt safer. And so I was trying to suppress my expansion out of fear. Um, and so I was also translating all the things that I was perceiving out of fear. So I was in a fear-based state, creating fearful projections, translating them fearfully and perpetuating this state um, but on the other side of it, on day three of it, I popped into a greater sense of awareness and understanding Perfect. and safety and relaxation and calmness. But that's not to say that I couldn't experience the contraction still and the fear still. Something happened and I was out here, you know, but I could still feel this. Wow. Yeah, I could still feel this, but it felt, yeah. it felt not me. You became more witnessy yes. or observery yes. to the frames that were moving along yeah. the movie. Yeah, that's that's such a beautiful pop. It was, yeah. it was epic, yeah. and it that is what completely one eighted my trajectory, completely one eighted in a very slow way. Because again, <laughs> I didn't have containers, so I started to try and build myself a way to understand this, and that is when the love-based translation started to filter through because I also recognized as this pop happened I was like oh shit you are not that you know like I you know yourself and you know yourself as love you've mm. always known yourself as love you've always known yourself as connected and interconnected there's always been this understanding my whole entire childhood and life before was set up so that I would always be in the stream of knowing that, you know, and feeling that. And so that is, that was my gift. You know, that, that's the gift I gave myself in terms of this incarnation was that I got to experience the madness, but then I got to fall back into a container also yeah. of, of oneness. Perfect. And a lot of people don't get to have that. They don't have that container to fall back into, yeah. you know? And so then they do go the conventional route in, the current paradigm, you know, which is to seek help and to get medicated and to, yeah. to suppress like what I was trying to do with family guy or with smoking weed or with whatever, whatever. And the, the weed actually was like expanding me more. It wasn't the, it wasn't the right thing, but anyway, it was the perfect thing. Um, and then I realized, okay, you have expectations. You're experiencing, experiencing yourself as contracted. You're not feeling excited you're not feeling passionate you're not feeling 
aligned at that word I didn't have the word aligned at that time I didn't have the word aligned and so I decided okay drop everything and reprogram yourself you've you've created a lot of fear-based thinking what happens what will happen if you do something different and at that moment I didn't know what I would do different um, but I just want I knew I wanted to break some patterns because I, I felt unliberated I felt contracted in myself and in my life that I had created so I had created a trap for myself that I had to, like an escape room. I created an escape room for myself yeah, to yeah. break out of. Perfect way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Each one of us creates our own little escape room mm -hmm. as the creator. And then we undergo a process of piercing that veilless veil and finding our true nature. Yeah. And that's what's meant by the Sufi metaphysic, Wadat al-Wujud, the unity of all finding, because everybody has their own unique style mm -hmm. of finding. Mm -hmm. So you sum all of these little individuated styles of finding as the one creator. And it's like, what a most profound aphorism that that is. And so, yeah, you describe your own little escape room, which is different than their escape room and mine and many other people's. And that's what's beautiful is that you're going to have your own little contraptions in your escape room that are then going to provide you with massive wisdoms in service to other people because you've went through them. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that was a great learning in fear or of fear and of contraction. And it also provided me with compassion that I didn't have before. Um, for those kinds of experiences, you know, these kinds of mystical experiences that are taking place that are very much dismissed and labeled as just you're going nuts, you know, even though it does feel like you're going nuts or uh, I was going nuts. Because um, you're communing with infinity and nothingness and God all at the same time and it's indescribable and so much of the time we take our experience to people that we shouldn't be taking our experience to because then they hit the gold out of our hands. Yeah, they're not trained to be able to hold you in that. They're not trained for that and it's not their fault. It's just that they, they haven't had that paradigm installed within them that can, that can catch you as you are going through all of this messiness in the washing machine of expansion. You know, and uh, and it can be really disconcerting to not have a community to fall back on or a worldview to fall back on or just a paradigm to fall back on. And so that is what I experienced, um, even though I did have that pop and I did have something to catch me. But I also was able to identify that as unique, you know, in my experience. Um, and so after that, I went into music and was and I experienced what it meant to not have expectations. And so I got to experience being in flow because living a life full of expectations does not allow you to move in flow. It doesn't allow you to, to, to surrender into anything because it's based around trying to control outcomes. It's based around very contracted <coughs> states of being and of consciousness. And so, yeah, so the music popped me out more. There were lessons in ego there, and, but still had another pop out um, and when the band came to a close I was like okay let's go online what is this went online went online look 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 and I found creative consciousness um, which is a form of coaching created by a man called Mark Steinberg a German man um, and 
it is a form of coaching that does have a spiritual backdrop container and it is very very open because it does come from a more non-dual place and so it, it includes anyone's belief system it doesn't make wrong anybody you know um and that was the resonance that i found with that form of coaching and i didn't know what it was and i just applied but you were also prepared for it with your saint james saint james yeah independent school yeah independent the, school. Uh, it was it was amazing to have that yeah because you were prepared into a lot of the oneness and non-duality even when you were younger yes. although you may not have known you were doing yes. it right that kind of thing it's always beautiful connecting those yeah. dots yeah yeah and so i was at the i booked i just booked the creative consciousness um coaching session the first bit of it and did the first bit of training and was just hooked because what is so sick about it is that it is experiential it is not like you're not sitting there in in a class and what they're doing is they're telling you a whole bunch of stuff that you've got to write notes and then you've got to hold that and that's it you know um, mark has designed this program that you go there and you experience stuff you have to experience and so the whole entire program is based around putting you in challenging situations the whole point of the program like an is escape room like an escape room yeah, yeah, yeah. but the container is love and there is there are people trained to hold you there just like you know? this just like this <laughs> but more accelerated it's more experiential experiential too yeah yeah it's cool yeah it's so cool and so so give us an example of some of the activities the most triggering one was on was on day one and um so what mark made us do it was another trainer but it's his design um it's uh we were we were told to get in touch with anger that's that was the whole in intention of this exercise was to know anger because mark teaches that it is it is one of those energies that has been made wrong so much you know, and that we don't know how to express it. We've been told that it is dangerous. We've been told that it is violent. We've been told that it is whatever, whatever, you know, any kind of label around anger in general is a negative one. And so that makes the whole entire energy, which is neither negative nor positive, wrong. Um, which then leads, leads us to start installing suppressed me mechanisms within our being, you know, and so that we don't get to learn about that energy. We don't get to know ourselves mm. with that energy, on that energy, functioning with that power source. Mm. You know? And so the exercise, I hope I'm allowed to share it, and I will, but it's... Uh, the exercise was... You could also glaze over it abstractly, also just in case, if that's better. Also. Okay, yeah. cool. Just whatever you feel is best. The exercise was... He created a situation, a context between two beings where one person holds space or provides the context or the reason for why the other person has to start embodying anger. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so you're asked <clears throat> to embody anger. Yeah. And it's pretty tricky. It is. It's really tricky. It is. And it was on day one in a room full of strangers. You don't. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so immediately he you're also being asked to let go of your self-image you're being asked to like mm. to get angry and to know yourself as angry when you've never pushed anger you know you may have been triggered and mm. had a rage outburst or whatever but yeah. to keep going and keep going and keep going that's the point of the exercise it's to keep going 
you know, and keep going and keep going until someone stops you or until your, your suppression mechanism comes in yeah. and then you get to know your suppression mechanism. Mm. So you see it. Yeah. You see what happens when you read a certain threshold of anger and how, how do you then suppress it or allow it or use it? Does it become destructive? Mm. Does it become, and then his, that is all based on knowing yourself. Oh, you have to cool. be able to know it. Okay. Because if you don't know it, mm-hmm. it's part of your shadow. And it will just come out when you're triggered. You will be in a rage situation and then you'll suppress it and then deny it ever happened. This is probably a good place to hit a tennis ball back because uh-huh. I'm familiar with this type of exercise. Mm-hmm. It has also been taught by some of the other people that have come on to our show. Mm-hmm. I do see interesting benefits in exploring a breadth of emotional states Mm -hmm. that also give you insight into the suppression mechanisms. Mm -hmm. I find that really insightful. Yet, I also am interested in the amount of people that create scenarios like this in terms of their knowledge of the teachings Mm -hmm. of Buddha or Patanjali, Mm -hmm. because what happens is when you undergo those mystic teachings, you basically watch anger arise and then you see that you are not that. Mm -hmm. And then it disappears like a cloud or like a wave on the ocean, Mm -hmm. right? And what it does is over time, it basically extinguishes the roots of misery and suffering. Mm -hmm. And so in a sense, anger itself no longer arises Mm -hmm. because you've done the work. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, beautifully put and said. Well, the paths are many. Totally. And... The end is one. Yeah, and the end is one. And for many people, we're here incarnated to know the human experience and to have a visceral experience of it. And then, and then often I feel like that people are more likely to take a non-dual path, but it's very rare for someone to just straight out of like school, like Bentinho did, you know, like it's rare. He's a, he's a rare one. You're a rare one to just go for the non-dual, you know? Um, but first, first to unblock the being and then start making choices. First to know yourself, see, oh, Shit, I've got a trigger there. I'm blocked here. Mm-mm, this is where I'm contracted. This is the expectation. This is my mom's, all my mom's wishes. This is how I'm supposed to, I was been trained to be in service. Da, 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 da. You know, like you realize how, what kind of, what does the cage look like yeah. that you're in? You see the walls and some of them are energetic and some of them are physical and some of them are just concepts, you know? And so that, that is the work that... So you'd say creative consciousness helps you see the scripts, the algorithms, the cage yeah. of yeah. the person consciousness, mm-hmm. the body consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it sort of helps liberate you from those scripts and cages. Absolutely. And show you the bigger picture of the escape room. Yeah, and makes you take responsibility for it. 
and cool. that's that's the that's the other powerful Beautiful. thing about it. Um, yeah, is that Mark Mark's teacher was also Jiddu Krishnamurti. Beautiful. And so we studied with Krishnamurti, and and uh, and so there is a lot of the backdrop that is based in liberating yourself and being your own teacher, you know. And so that is the that is why I feel that the coaching that Mark has created is so powerful, is because even when you sit with a client, um, there is a context that you have to set for yourself as a coach, and the first one of the first contexts is that your client is already whole. Boom. Yeah, like perfection, perfecting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's that context. And then there's, there's the other context, um, which is that you are being coached by your client, you know? And then there's a third context, which is that, well, you've got to check whether or not you have an agenda because you cannot be a coach if you have an agenda. Yeah, that's to purify where you're coming from. Yes, precisely. Yeah. Precisely. And so there's a protocol that you've got to go through to check yourself before you sit with any client. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and when you, when you sit with that protocol, you're just like, Oh, this is totally based on non-duality, this protocol. And it's totally trying to purify where I'm coming from, Perfect. you know? Yeah. yeah. And so I trained in that yes. and, um, but then, okay. And then started working, um, slowly, worked on myself, worked in the field, worked on myself, worked in the field and purified where I was coming from, understood things about self-worth and value and a lot of different things were started to shift as I went down that path. Um, but then I realized the type of client that I was attracting, which was really interesting. And that happened for me, in order for me to be able to see what is happening in the materialistic paradigm, which is exactly what we spoke about earlier in this conversation, you know, that people are going through awakenings without having a container. All right, excellent. So there was a little bit of a streaming Wi-Fi issue, but we are back. It was actually at a perfect moment with the transition. Yeah, okay. Fair to say we should probably visualize this also for people. So <clears throat> if you watch some of the content on our channel, we've done a dissemination of the law of one, the seven densities and Bentinho has as well. So highly recommend checking those out. And what you'll see in them is you'll see that the, in the one infinite creator, expressing itself via this creation to explore itself and play that where we're currently at is around this third density of evolution where it's very humans in a civilization where you can create a gradient in terms of more egoic levels of consciousness to more enlightened levels of consciousness and egoic levels of consciousness typically you already know how they behave but you can think about it like a dirtier mirror and that when you go from third to what is called fourth density, fourth density is about being in service to others rather than being in service to yourself. And so you really get this love that's just 
channeling through to express itself to be in service to other people. So what Sonia is talking about and what Bentinho was talking about yesterday with igniting this global awakening in a very decentralized way is that we specifically have to become shepherds mm -hmm. for the third to fourth density. And so let's have Sonia explain to us sort of the container, the maximal optimization for the awakening of people from third to fourth density, because there are so many different escape rooms, yeah. right? And styles. All right, looks like we're back again. Okay. Thanks for letting us know in the comments. We love you all very much. Thanks for being here. Super appreciate you. <laughs> so we've had several people come onto the show and talk about sort of the optimization of that third to fourth container. Mm -hmm. One of the keys that we found is that the one-on-one -on -one mentorship mm -hmm. is mission critical. Mm -hmm. So it's like pairing escape room similarities with each other mm -hmm. like someone that's already at fourth density that's went through a similar escape room as someone that's shifting from third to fourth is a great mentor and so it's linking people up like that so how do you feel about that and other strategies to optimize the container for third to fourth mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well sorry but that was like real close <laughs> I <Hi>. <laughs> yeah um i agree with that um and I think that there, that we can lean into resonance also, the law of resonance. And the reason I say that is because, again, I've attracted a very particular kind of client. And the client that I attract is going through, has been going through um, what would look like a mental health crisis. Um, and that can be anything from uh, suicidal ideation or attempts all the way through to um psychosis you know or or bipolar or severe depression or whatever it, it may be um yeah yeah but also a very very teaching part of the collective um yeah and they're exploring something you know they're exploring um darkness and again being in that place is not a negative polarization but it is a, um, you ever heard the aphorism, the brighter the flame, the deeper the shadow? I haven't. That's a good one, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Jung obviously says mm -hmm. that the roots have to reach hell for the flowers to, the branches to yeah. reach heaven. So there, there are many different ways to say this one, but I do like the brighter the flame, the deeper the shadow. Yeah. So people unknowingly are in this, like Sonia List, this buffet of darkness options and that those greatest traumas serve as these greatest treasures. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. And um, again, not to disclose much information, but I had a, a client recently um, attempt to take her life. And she has been able to distill such wisdom from that. Perhaps we should have, there, there should be a trigger warning on this. 
I don't know, you, but that th that is that's pretty profound though. Yeah. Yes. I I was also suicidal. I think did you say that you have had no. you didn't throughout your life? Many people here have had suicidal yes. Yeah. Yes. These dark nights though yeah. of the soul. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Did and true stuff like this, yeah. But what she distilled from that was the understanding of liberation. Perfect. You know, and before that, the, the, the paradigm wasn't there. She hadn't installed it within herself. You know, the, the, it, right at that point in time, it was just a lot of talk, um, but she was missing the experience. And so that was her catalyst, yeah. which she created for herself. And um, that also taught me to be unattached um, in order to be of service. I cannot be of service if I'm attached to anyone's outcome. Perfect. Because then I'm coming from somewhere impure within me. Perfect. You know, and but that was the, the most depthful um, <laughs> client experience that I'd had, but one that has yeah. been my just the, the most gift giving um, because of the depth um, of darkness. And so that is who I attract. But in this in this learning um, of my experience is that we don't have a worldview to catch a lot of people that are waking up. Yeah. That there isn't widely accepted and understood um, perspective on what we're calling mental health issues. And that's not to say that, that the mental health field is wrong, you know, but it's just that yeah. there is more, that there are more paradigms to infuse into it, you know. And absolutely yeah, yeah yeah like all of non-duality yeah like all <laughs> yeah. of exactly yeah. exactly and so this is always i been... feel centerless and it's like oh my gosh rush into the hospital exactly. no it's like hey wait a second whoa you might be awakening yeah yeah the my person consciousness might be dissolving you might be awakening we have a great container set up for you to explore that yeah yeah that's like future I think we're approaching DSM-6 is the next one. What is DSM-6? The Diagnostic Statistic Manual for Psychological, Psychiatric, Evolution, Evaluation. Six. Yeah, it's like the sixth iteration. I think mm -hmm. it's published every seven years okay. or something. Okay. And so it has basically all of the different uh, like psychologists around the planet and even neuroscientists and I think physicians and psychiatrists end up creating this sort of set, very kind of centralized codified, but also mm -hmm. decentralized hierarchy, but also hierarchy approach to understanding mental health and illness. And it's just interesting to think about how many of them have ever experienced anything outside of their own finite body consciousness yeah because if they've never even went beyond that and then they're making this that's part of the reason so yeah basically incorporate a lot of the non-dual awakening and alignment to the modern sort of cutting edge psychiatric evaluation exactly yeah. exactly because at, at the moment um it what what it feels like to me is that a lot of um of very key players uh, are are locked up at the moment, you know, and are unaware that what they're going through is a very profound shift um, that is of 
planetary relevance, you know, um, That's right. and collective relevance. Um, and it is just really unfortunate that there isn't this understanding within the, within the mental health community. And if there is, it's just not expressed for whatever reason. Um, and furthermore, the, the spaces that these, um, these individuals are taken to are not places of healing, you know, so they don't promote the, the understanding or the deepening of um, their own alignment and expansion. But yeah. in fact, support a deeper deepening in contracted states. So let's say that if we were to play yeah. and <clears throat> identify the core ways to assist in the third to fourth density container building for people's awakenings. Mm -hmm. One of the components which we've both agreed on so far is the style of one-on-one -on -one mentorship with people with similar escape rooms. Yes. Okay. What would be other containers or processes that you found or that we can find together? Well, other containers, what comes up when you, when you, when you ask that is to create spaces that provide healing, actually, um, for for those that have that have undergone psychological trauma is what it will be experienced as by that individuated person consciousness and what that looks like is manifold i think that there isn't just one way because there are infinite again infinite expressions of awakening so we've also got to approach this in a more kind of infinite um yeah, yeah manner you know and so what would your ideal space look like for someone with that's experiencing person consciousness and psychological trauma that's undergoing awakening expansion as well as suffering mm -hmm. what would be a way would there be something digital that i would potentially sign up for that would then send me some more physical where there wow, would be that's, that's a yeah. cool concept i didn't think of that i'm not i don't really go into the the technological stuff you did product is, design though i did do product design but i was like designing making you know second density first density objects right but okay so you um that is a great that is a great idea we yeah yes Everyone, yeah it's just playing coming up with this stuff and yeah. then now implementing it yeah. Yeah. yeah guys also post in the comments what do you think like well, what kind of a healing space for those that have undergone this kind of like psychological crisis or spiritual crisis um spiritual emergency they are awakening there isn't a container for them um how can we support other individuals that are in that kind of a state in that kind of a a, a context an internal context where they they don't know how to hold themselves as they're expanding they haven't found the right book or the right teacher or the right whatever the right you know um context or container so for me to approach it in a very infinite way the cool one thing that is cool a cool metaphor is the um professor x's school right mm. you know in x-men yeah where he's just like each individual mm. is is whatever it is that they mm. they're going through whatever it is their their superpower that is the thing that is acknowledged totally. and totally yeah and yeah. so to have something that is broad in its catching but supported 
in a way where you're able to see what the the individual is going through personally so that does require quite a lot of people yeah yeah um cool a lot of um individuals that have gone through the experience themselves totally. so that they're coming from something more ontological rather than mental yes um beautiful another person like if it's important you can only teach what you've got you mm. can only teach where you're at mm -hmm. um Amen. yeah and so and your client will can only get what you get you know they will on some level sense whether or not you're coming from a whole place or an understood keep, developed keep going place. i'll check i'll check what's going on at the door Keep hey guys. Hey guys. Let hey us guys. know in the comments. You've been doing this a good is Sonia Manzur's podcast. You've been doing um, a great job. Thank you. Hola. So yeah, I mean, I don't know whether or not any, any of you have experienced any kind of a crisis whilst you awakened or experienced not having that kind of a, a, a safety net to catch you as you went through something that was expansive or any experience that felt, felt overwhelming. Um, and in that in that scenario, what what did you do? What did you what did you? How did you help yourself up? And what was your catalyst? You know, because a lot of the times the catalyst is not going to be something that is comfortable. It's going to be something uncomfortable. Um, uh, very few are extremely lucky to have a, to have that kind of a um, a very easy and um, joyous and light trajectory. Um, into their expansion thank you yeah yeah so what, have, what have you guys been talking about <laughs> no nothing nothing really nothing yeah really. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving the way you're just addressing the audience we love you guys yeah thank you yeah do let us know in the comments about like how to optimally architect this yeah. and where you're at also in the process and yeah. maybe if you write a comment one of us will come and comment back with mm -hmm. yeah, some thoughts or even what your friends have gone through because there's, there are, there are, um, mm. do you have a YouTube channel? No. That's, that's a sign. <laughs> that's a sign, right? She totally Thank needs you. a, she totally needs a YouTube channel. If her, if she decides that, you know, she wants one. But, Thank you. But you, you would rock. Yeah. Thank for you. Sure yeah. Oh. Yeah. Especially in the, in the day of more and more. desire civilizationally for spiritual clarity mm -hmm. we need more people like at this retreat to actually have their own channels mm -hmm. and be posting on those channels and <laughs> yeah it's, it's actually like mission critical component yeah. but some people here are like they don't necessarily want to get on the internet sphere which is their own unique expression but mm -hmm. other people sometimes don't necessarily know that they would be a fucking rock star at it and they haven't necessarily you played around with it so mm -hmm. yeah but do you have a do you have an instagram or where should people i have an instagram i've just started making videos for that um and so you can check that out it's sanyasa saira on instagram we'll put the link to her instagram in the bio for you guys to go follow her there is that the best place for people to follow you for now yes okay cool we'll put that link in the bio the, what we talked about with the densities was called the law of one go look it up law of one and mm -hmm. yeah and so how what kind of a what kind of what was the question what kind of container what kind of a yeah what, how do we optimize yeah exactly yeah basically and one of the components was the one-on-one -on -one. and then we also identified that if people do 
are undergoing said process, they can potentially identify this digitally and then be sent somewhere physically. Yeah. And then physically, there could be experts like what you described that have already went through the process like we were kind of talking about also in those one-on-one -on -one scenarios people have had yeah. to have went through somewhat similar escape mm -hmm. room dynamics mm -hmm. and then you know matching people up in the physical setting those sound very similar yeah. both like digital one-on-one -on -one mentorship and also physical one-on-one -on -one mentorship the space the space also has to be something that is going to inspire um, and teach and so a lot of the natural world is often that you know that, that, that it's very metaphorical um, to be in a space like that rather than a, a white cell, you know. And so I would su suggest that it would be somewhere beautiful, absolutely beautiful, um, as well as, yeah, for, for this, kind of a, <laughs> this kind of a space to be conscious in that people are supporting other people to become the creator in a not create a dependency on that kind of a space, Perfect. you know, um, because you want it to just be a halfway house and, 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 or like a trampoline where someone can not then create an identity and fix themselves and say, okay, well, I need this space forever. Um, I'm going to make a little home here. Um, but to, in order to catalyze or to, to really support the awakening process, um, for it to be, a very nourishing and information rich place but but what you simply want is to reflect back paradigms that are not serving the person's awakening and to offer um an array of of information or paradigms that do support and it doesn't have to just be one kind of teaching because again we're infinite expressions it can be that one one individual will really resonate with with sufism will want will want to go the sufi way you know, and that will be their natural expression. Totally. And they may not have access to that kind of a teaching or a teacher. Some people w learn really well from books. Some people learn really well from other beings one-on-one um, -on -one and need that kind of a contact, need to meet their master. Like, okay, wow, that sounded... But you know what I mean. Totally. Like, to, to actually have a realized being in front of them. And totally. that, that awakens something in them, you so know? So it's buffets on both sides. There's the yeah. buffet on the side of the suffering. Mm -hmm of how people wind themselves up in those escape rooms. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then as they release themselves, the way they do so is by having the buffet of options on the other side mm -hmm. of the awakening side, mm -hmm. where there are all these different ways, paths, aphorisms, books, retreats, yogis, mystics, that help with the awakening. And many paths one end, Yet, at the same time, there is a power law. As in, there are pointings that are more efficient. Mm -hmm. They're more optimal. Mm -hmm. They've gotten more people there faster. Mm -hmm. And so we got to take that into account at the same yes. time. Yeah. And that also, I mean, when you've got people going from third to fourth, um, a lot of the, I think often if you've got a being that is coming from sixth or seventh that they will already have learned a kind a love style or no a, a more kind of purified way of loving that is detached and going from third to fourth um in order to you may not have the ability to perceive love in the one that has that has already learned um how to 
to how to purify themselves and love from a purer place because what you'll want it, you will be coming from scarcity and lack and fear and all that and so in order to be raised up and excited by your awakening you may need a bit more of a fourth fifth density kind of love loving energy in order to yeah to support that step you know yeah. and then to be able to understand that there is love present in seventh even though it may not be what we have been programmed to perceive love to be yes you know and um, just to answer your question again mm -hmm. it's the law of one and we'll we'll put the link in the bio below to that as well for you to check out and we've done if you want to just go look on our channel for the seven densities law of one video you can go and see the map that we're talking about right now yes and probably a good way you're welcome probably a good way to wrap would be twofold the first thing is that <laughs> the first thing is that wherever you're at right now especially if you're in the transition from third to fourth density if you're beginning to feel like you want to get beyond suffering and that you want to feel this god this love love being god really if you want to feel love radiating from you like the sun that one of the easiest ways to do that is to become aware of the fact that you are aware and practice in a sense doing things like taking an object and rather than seeing the object itself become aware of the line of perception okay so become aware of the line of perception and that even that might take you a little bit of time to become aware of the line of perception rather than the object itself and once you get really good at seeing the line of perception rather than the object, then become aware of seeing itself. Become aware of being a witness or an observer or awareness mm -hmm. itself. So not perception, but become aware of awareness or witnessing or observing. And if you do those repetitions enough, you will then become more of a awakened but you will also become more of a watcher or a witness mm -hmm. to the clouds that arise and pass so if something does occur like the story that might happen that deals with your trauma or your suffering etc that you will have a meta level of perspective where you will no longer get absorbed into the thought cloud that arises but you will see that it arose and you will say that this is just like what I was practicing with the water bottle mm -hmm. so I'm just going to do the same thing where I focus on being an observer rather than being attached to the water bottle as an object or as that traumatic story that is then appearing and then disappearing and as you get really good at that this is what Buddha Patanjali etc and many of the mystic traditions taught is that those clouds stop appearing and so the, as Ramana Maharshi says, the I thought disappears. And that's when you're left with just the timeless being, the very timeless, formless essence that all of us 
share as the creator. And so that would be probably most like just simple practicality for being able to shoot yourself out of suffering by doing a very simple, basic activity that has been taught for thousands of years and that we're now just trying to modernize and, and, and disseminate to, to people to help catalyze that global awakening and alignment. So, okay, so that was the first thing. And then the second thing is that, as we wrap, is what do you think is most beautiful? Are you asking me? Yes. Oh. <laughs> from what, from which tier of consciousness shall I answer that? <laughs> um, from, you know, the, the thing that comes straight for me is, is just people. At the moment, for me, I really am so appreciative of the reflections and of the mirroring and of the processes that we are going through as a collective, the darkness that we experience, the resilience, um, the this pull. It's the creator. It is the creator, but, but the, just to be part of humanity right now, um, is so rich and so yeah. playful and divine and yeah. and magical, you know. I have a friend that that has a that that does gives talks, and he always says that we're in the age of reenchantment. Yeah, you know, it's a great way to put it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a great way to put it, and that is. That is such a beautiful thing to be experiencing. And in order to be re-enchanted, you've got to have experienced disenchantment, mm. you know? Mm. And, mm -hmm. and we're, we're going through that. We're going from this disenchanted state into this enchanted, more, more ah, fucking magical yes. place. And yes. on this perceived timeline. Where we become... The creator, we become what is permanent. We become what is immovable behind and beyond what is movable, what is transient. And that is it. That is the one end. Absolute nothingness. Absolute infinity. Mm. Both no self and all self simultaneously. So accelerate yourself to the one end, take the steps that are needed. We'll have some links in the bio below for you for the law of one material we were referencing and also Sonia's Instagram profile, mm -hmm. you can go follow her. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That and was beautiful. Give what you got, you know? If you've got something to teach, teach from where you're at. Trust in your being and teach from your being. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Perfect. We adore you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Super grateful. If you guys found the video useful, give it a like. Helps the algo. Subscribe if you haven't. <laughs> Leave us a comment below. 
with your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. Share the video with people that you feel like it would resonate with. We adore you infinitely. Lots of love, guys. Thank you, Atlas. Thanks, Sonia. Mm -hmm. One infinite creator yes. expressing itself. Hey, one infinite creator expressing itself. Hey, one infinite creator expressing itself. Hey. All right. Adore you. Bye, guys. Peace.